Welcome to JFabe. Um, usually, as you know, we like to razzle and dazzle right at the start, um, but obviously not. life isn't always um, conducive to that sort of thing, so there will be the usual bells and whistles on this show. However, um, our first item of the day, um, before we get into the big news coming out of AEW with um, Kenny Omega and Sting, um, is of course the tragic loss of um, Pat Patterson. Um Jay, anything to say about Pat Patterson? He, he was a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jay. No, no. Um, Pat no, Patterson he used to create was... the Royal Rumble, isn't he? Uh, first yeah. ever IC champion. He created the Royal Rumble. He was a major player um, within WWE from um, the mid-80s onwards um, backstage, um, as well as a substantial player um, and the first intercontinental champion. Um, awarded, supposedly... At a tournament um, in Puerto Rico, but actually that was made up on the fly by Pat Pat by um, what's his name, brother love Bruce Pritchard, um, and similar in order to um, pretend it had more than it actually did behind it. Um, in 1992, there was the Ring Boys scandal, but Pat Patterson was said to be unfairly targeted from that, and from then on, it was pretty much plain sailing for Pat. Um, just wanna kind of on a what is effectively a wrestling legend um yeah his booking got a bit tired towards the end <laughs> i mean let's be honest there was uh, just like there was a dusty finish there was a pat patterson finish um or two um but he was also one half of the two stooges uh, mr mcmahon stooges um it's it's hard to talk about a career um like pat patterson's without also mentioning his personal life um pat patterson um, was one of the first um, openly gay wrestlers in the world, um, or at least in, in popular culture. Um, coming out in 2005, and it was one of those situations, very much like I mentioned to you with um, the recent um, Elliot, um, Elliot, forget the name. Oh, yeah. Elliot, um, Elliot Page, who recently yeah. came out as transgender Um yeah, it was one of those situations where I was kind of like, didn't we already do that when he first came out, um, Pat Patterson, because it was... Um, but no, actually, it just looked like it was an insider secret that most of the fans knew. But but regardless, um, openly coming out as a man in that industry um, as early as he did, um, a bit of a pioneer. So going to do um, a 10 bell salute and then we're going to go into our regular show. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Um, I'm going to cut to our live feed of a retardist. Previously on JFabe. Mr. Gone. Dave Meltzer, what is the purpose of this call? I am using the vessel that brought the Herald from the sky. I'm told his name is Nigel McGuinness. Welcome to the Performance Center. Cool, blimey. It's Triple H. It is? 
Oh, there it is, that moment of realization. Gold dust? I'm just making a delivery. Would you like to touch it? That's... That's the glove of Russo. <laughs> but his old name was... Jesse the Body Ventures Robot Body Shop Emporium. I'm a time juke rich. I'm going to change. I see. So you are in the retardus. There is an opportunity to take control of this situation. And he who controls the retardus is the hand inside the gloves. This guest of yours will have something else I want. The deed to a body shop emporium. Inside the body shop is a glove. It is the finger on the knot of time. I'm Richard Andrew. This is a message for Taz. My son, Jacob Fabian. At least I didn't give birth to the Antichrist. He's breaking through the rift. Better to have fucking Corey Graves. It's always that fucking Corey Graves. My name is Corey Graves, and I have the gift of vision. He has been saying that for years, along with, no darling, she's just a friend. I must find Corey Graves or the universe will be destroyed. But everything's gonna change. One last time. And now, JFAME continues. <laughs> Did you know wrestling has more than one royal family? Welcome to JFAME. Uh, Jay, how you doing, bro? I was doing really well until I heard Cody's song. <laughs> not a big fan of Cody's song well no I, I couldn't really finish I nearly did dashing Cody Rhodes in the edit after after that statement but um, I decided it's an AEW show so why not um, just um, as he is um, Mr. AEW everybody mm, just enjoying a mince pie um, yeah you are <laughs> yeah so a bit weird um, came to woke, woke up uh, woke up yesterday and I received in the post a CD and um, some mince pies and the pastry is probably not showing up on camera but the pastry is made of Burberry and the CD says please play on the show for your consideration so we're going to play that later see exactly what was on that CD um, in the meantime though AEW winter is coming um December the December the Wednesday show. Well, December the second and fourth. Oh, winter came. did indeed come. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about Sting and his recent signing to AEW. Spoiler alert for three seconds ago. In addition, oh, this is a government spy. In addition, the multi-year deal as well. Multi-year deal. I mean, that's. I mean, what does that say? Let's get back into that in a second. Mm. There's also Kenny Omega, um, who faced off against John Moxley with a very, very surprising ending um, that opens up a world of possibilities. Um, so that's going to be very interesting to discuss. Then I may, later on, I we'll may t- defunct all this world of possibilities. But you may, you may what, what? Defunct the whole world of possibilities. But we'll get to that. Okie dokie. Well, I'm I'm going to be an optimist in this situation, and Jay's going to piss on our parade. And finally, we will be talking about the state of play in NXT as well as AEW as a whole. Um, and maybe we'll we'll look at some other places like small fry promotions, like WWE's main roster and stuff like that. So interesting stuff. 
Um, I'm going to turn down Kingdom, the Cody Rhodes song. I might actually change that Excellent. in the edit um, and and replace it with something less shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> Jay. Um, so, well, let's just contextualize this week for you guys. Um, so we were supposed to be recording on third because we wouldn't have had time to watch um, AEW's um, Winter is Coming. Um, so we thought what we'll do is we'll record an hour on Thursday and that hour will just be like news from everywhere other than um, spoilers for the Wednesday night stuff. And then we'll watch the stuff you know, after we've recorded that podcast and then do a second hour on Friday. What actually ended up happening is I saw the highlights of AEW and immediately um, had to tell Jay to just scrap that plan and that we'd have to get together and do a full-on podcast this week um, because of the size of the news. Let's start with Sting. Um, The biggest, on paper, the biggest surprise of the night. Um, Jay, what were your thoughts? I loved it. Loved every second of it. Yeah, I mean, it was a great To the franchise, biggest reaction that's happened with the crowd that's been there hmm. I mean that's that's one Steve. of the advantages first off is that um, at no one else throughout this lockdown throughout the year 2020 have managed to do um, have managed to do that kind of big pop somebody appearing for the first time moment and quite keep as it well a secret as, yeah as well. and keep it a secret as well um, it's quite as well as uh, I mean there was rumours you know several months ago that Sting was in talks with AEW but nothing nothing concrete at all um and then to see to see the music to see the crow um to see the nice game of thrones winter is coming theme used um cuz Jay's not a massive fan of game of thrones but that's a game of thrones reference Jay I don't know I've seen some I'm on series 3 and that- and then, if you are a fan of Game of Thrones, it all makes sense because obviously John John Snow became a crow, and Spoilers. is the crow. Wait, he's already a crow. Hang on, you're on season three, mate. He's been a crow since the second episode. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Jay's That's also right. not very good at following things, which makes me wonder how the hell he manages to keep track of all of the shenanigans going on here at JFabe with all of the different characters <laughs> he likes to pop in every now and then. I'm pretty sure he's just winging it most of the time. Thanks. It's all right, so am I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on, um, what are your thoughts? Where does Sting go from here? Because, I mean, effectively, we're seeing Sting being utilised properly... Um, and I know that that seems really, really stupid to say when he's only been on screen for five minutes. But he walked down to the ring, he stared at a few people, and that was it. Now, if you remember his biggest WCW run without the classic face paint and the blonde hair, that was all he did for well over a year. He was the conscience. He didn't speak. He didn't have matches. He literally just did that. And his presence was enough to draw a house. Um, WWE immediately tried to jump the gun with that, um, and, and then caught him a vigilante. Yeah, they they left they left money on the table by the simple fact that had his appearances have just consisted of all of those, and then a big blow off match with Triple H two three years down the line, or the Undertaker, or something like that. That would have been fine. He only needed one match. He just needed one match and about five appearances a year. That's all he needed. And WWE dropped the ball. And the next thing you know, he's he's buckling his knee. What what are your thoughts, Jay? What what are the possibilities? Is he capable of wrestling? Is he 
not. Um, from what I've read, he's, he's not going to be taking any bumps at all. So if he is in a physical match, you won't you won't see anything bump. You'll just see the classics, then moves. So it, it won't be anything particular that you've seen from Sting before. So would this be the right time for him to perhaps gather a faction? Not a full faction, yeah. but at least kind of maybe two or three people who he who get infected by the conscience of Sting or some kind of similar some kind of similar kind of otherworldly kind of you know, I mean, I, I could certainly see it with a character like um like the natural um and Dustin Rhodes. I could actually see Dustin and Cody, potentially, the Nightmare family as a whole, um having Sting in as a member. Um but because it it was a situation where they were being ganged upon and then Sting came down the aisle and Taz disappeared, he head for the hills with Ricky Starks and that other guy, um to Brian Cage. If anyone if anyone needs needs a rub or should have a rub from Sting, Darby Allen. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. And there was a stare down with Darby Allen. Many people have said that Darby Allen um, is kind of almost Sting reincarnated um, as such. Um, mm. And you know, it's it's. it's say reincarnated. Yeah, he's got the spiky hair and he wears face paint. But I don't. I don't, I I am with you on that. I don't agree um, either. But Jr. has been talking about Darby Allen reminding him of a very young Sting for many many weeks on his podcast. In fact, um, months on his podcast. I remember him talking about it early. Yeah, but he doesn't remember his own name. Um, very much so. I'm very much so. I mean, <laughs> Jr. Oh, I'm Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That literally happened on the last episode. Um, what do you think? What do you think to Jr.'s um, Jr. Uh, what Jr. adds to the show? Well, he has. Ex- he definitely has experience. It, it seems like he's been watching old videos of himself from WCW mm. because his commentary style was sort of switched in this last one. It sounded very WCW Jr. That's fair, um, and it and I have felt that there is um, a very concerted effort, especially with the inclusion of Sting, especially with the fact that um, they've then played on um, Shivani um, announcing Sting, very much like if Stone Cold appeared at, um, at an AEW it's event, that it would have to be. It's Sting, yeah, exactly. And as I say, if Stone Cold or The Rock turned up um, at that type of event, then you would have to have Jr. Um, do his. Stone Cold, Stone Cold thing when he appeared, um, you know, and it's it's the same kind of element, I suppose. Um, it's that classic callback, but the, there is a concerted effort in AEW, and uh, many people have compared it to being the new WCW. What what do you think this will say to those people who have carried? Or do you think that it is the new WCW? Mm. I mean, well, that just it's, confirms it, doesn't it? Really. Yeah, it certainly doesn't move away from that. Um, however, if they are going to do that and go for the WCW style nostalgia puff pop, pop um, then it's not necessarily a bad thing if AEW acknowledges and honours the history of wrestling that WWE doesn't have time to do that with. Um, and you notice that with... You know they're involving on Anderson um, quite a lot and Tully Blanchard. They never really paired. Um, they never really had much to say um, or politicked very much on screen in WWF. They never did that in their runs in WCW. So mm. 
they're playing effectively continuations of their WCW characters rather than um, rather than how they appeared within WWE um, in that in that mindset. And you get quite a few characters who are doing that. It's almost like um, it, it does feel like a throwback sometimes. So if that's the approach they have, that's great um, because. You know, who wouldn't say no to a non-sanitized Sabu appearing at some point and, you know, cracking some skulls and then breaking a hip? Um, or, you know, Rob Van Dam deciding to turn up and get high and... I don't you think know. any ECW should touch AEW. <laughs> not your, not your cup of tea um, on that. Like it was great when they revived it back in WWE for a little bit and had that bit thing in TNA. It was a bit rubbish, but... There's, there's um, no need to bring well, I, ECW I, I, back in any capacity anymore. It's, it's had its day. It's done. See, for me, I, 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 I tend to disagree with that. I would like to see uh, if they've got WCW. Um, if they're still trying to get mileage out of that, then why not try and get some mileage out of everything else? Uh, the WC, the WWE fails to acknowledge because ECW wasn't a part of the NWA or heritage. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I, well, it was. So, and that, that's it, was what... it was much earlier. Um, that it was. Well, the Western it was, Championship, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it was Eastern Championship Wrestling. Eastern Championship. Became well, I don't know why I said Western, but yeah, yeah Eastern. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there are ECW elements, though, already, because you've got Taz with his FTW title, um, and, you know, so maybe yeah. if they, if they cherry-picked, what I'm saying is if they cherry-picked some of the more quality elements from that kind of 90s era, kind of, they could very much invoke a nostalgic boost in that way and I think they're already achieving that to some degree but with a twist um, their ratings uh, have been boosted now they've, they've, there's no going back with Sting being there because he is or was the franchise of WCW which was on TNT of course I mean this is on the back of um, this is on the back of the announcement of um, AEW's ratings um, coming out of the Winter is Coming episode um, which obviously you can hear me typing Smashed in the background NXT. Yeah, I mean, you can hear me. Uh, <laughs> you can hear me typing in the background just to get the exact numbers up. Although I was pretty sure I did remember them, and I did. Um, AW Dynamite on uh, December second, it drew nine hundred and thirteen thousand live, and the same night, and those are same night viewers as well. Um, so that's effectively it shows twice. Um, you know, and that's in the eighteen forty nine demographic. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, the eighteen to forty nine demographic is the is the big the one main that they are aiming really. for, um, yeah. and that is a massive, massive advantage over AEW. Um, sorry, over NXT. Um, who um, last week they managed seven hundred and twelve thousand, and this week um, they they lost fifty thousand off that, end up at six hundred and fifty six thousand um, for their showing. So. <sighs> If you look at this, if you look at this even year on year, um, this time last year, December first, two thousand nineteen, um, you know, you still had the live audiences, etc., etc. AEW drew eight hundred and fifty-one thousand, while NXT drew eight hundred and forty-five thousand. So you're looking at two viewerships on average moving in different directions here. Um, should Triple H move NXT to a different night? Well, there's that, or should he ultimately be concerned um, that his product is maybe not generating the same level of buzz at this stage? NXT is not generating any buzz at this stage. 
the, the product has gone downhill <clears throat> in the last year I would say yeah, um, say and the, a noticeable difference in that would be Shawn Michaels has got a hand in NXT now <clears throat> and that's when and, all the differences kind of came in and the lack of the audience and the lack um, of the audience because obviously they are very important to I think they're very the whole important. field of NXT yeah um, not only are they very important to the field of NXT they're also important to the um, organic nature of stardom within NXT um, one of the great things about characters like um, well like DIY is a good example um, but then also um, the push of say a Finn Balor um, I mean I know he, he had name value coming in but ultimately um, how he got so big so quickly was because of audience reaction um, and was because of that recognising Sasha Banks the four, the four horsewomen as a whole um, they would never have been in the position they got in and women's wrestling would not look like it did uh, or like it does now if it wasn't for the fact of the full sale audience and community around full sale and their reaction I think losing that is WWE like to go and say we've lost one of our biggest one of our biggest parts of our show the fans and they like to say that on the, but no one gives a fuck about the fans in fucking you know um, Dayton Ohio's fucking Astrodome on a fucking Monday night they don't matter to the show because Vince ignores them but Full Sail University that audience mattered um, when you watched and saw those that audience there you felt part of something and you don't when you watch it now and I think that's the other element for me at least I think the biggest question is will Kyle go back to NXT in the crowd <laughs> well, when, when, when they can Kyle blue shirt, blue shirt guy oh. Emerson shirt English guy oh yeah 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 exactly and will we I mean when will they set up a nice royal box for Mr. Green smiley face man um, at every wrestling show at the front they, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the same spot. Exactly. Um, he gets his own uh, social bubble. Yeah, like maybe put him in one of those big old plastic hamster balls. I mean, what, what's he been doing with himself? Like, how how has he been? Like, has he gone crazy yet? I'm I'm surprised. <laughs> I, I I see if I was <laughs> if I was part of the WWE Thunderdome kind of thing, I would have literally had a screen reserved for him and paid him to sit in that spot. Like I would have paid him to sit in that spot. He was such a mainstay for fifteen years, effectively on WWE programming. Um, so it feels very strange to see a live event without him in. Um, so come back, green smiley face guy. Fuck COVID, you'll be fine. Um, yeah, I <laughs> sting anyway. Really, really well put together. Really love the theme tune. I love his new shirt. Um, it is harkening back to that, to that kind of Mattel brand post ninety post nineties kind of um, cartoon. Read a, read, a, read a comment from a fan that says he looks exactly the same as he did twenty years ago. That's a lie. You can tell he's old. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, like he's, a teenager going it's like you can tell he's old. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's easy to say that somebody looks exactly the same as they did 20 years ago when they literally are wearing face paint. <laughs> but you can see the old coming through. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, his hair now <laughs> is looking very... Um, his hair is looking very withered, and I don't want to see him 20 years ago. I want to see him now. I want to see that character have evolved 
I want to see I want to see what the character of Sting makes of this new environment um given what he's learned about you know the nature of the the nature of WWE and corporate exploitation and um those kind of things um I I want to know he's now blacklisted probably well I mean yeah WWE are <laughs> weird like that aren't they I, but he's ticked WrestleMania off so forget is he is he Hall of Famer? Uh, no. So there you go. He's he's got another ticket in at some point, um, you know, and that's probably why he's. That's probably why he's. For, if he was put in the Hall of Fame, then what would happen? You know, um, maybe he'd retire then. I don't know. Is Sting a Hall of Famer? I'm, I'm going to have to find out. Sting. Is Sting a Hall of Famer? Oh, quite right now. Oh yeah, no, he is a Hall of Famer. Class of 2016, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> well, there we go, then. So, there you go. Forgot um, about that one. So, this probably plays into the later angle that happened that evening, the other big angle that happened in the evening, um, which was, of course, um, Kenny Omega um, using Don Callis, who was a guest at ringside. Don Callis, as you may or may not know, um, is the... Cyrus the Virus. Yeah. In ECW. Mm. And also the dude off Impact. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, um, and the cleaner Kenny Omega made his triumphant return as a heel um, in beating John Moxley, the first person to pin John Moxley um, during John Moxley's Clean. 18 months. Clean. During Mo- John Moxley's 18 months within. <laughs> Wasn't really that clean. You mean he hit him with a microphone? Well, it's as clean as it made him bleed. Then he triggered him to death, and then one would angel him. Um, but on, on his way out of the arena, um, as um, Khan stood looking incredulous, and um, what's, you know, what's going a, on? Yeah, exactly. You'll find out on Tuesday nights. I really enjoyed this episode. You could, you could be Don <laughs> Callis's voice um, if we ever if we ever invite him over to the show. Um, so yeah, um, he's going to apparently be on Impact on AXS on Tuesday night. Jay, what does this look like? Um, you watch both Impact and AEW. Um, I watch Impact fan- sometimes. I'm not enjoying it at the moment, but this obviously changes everything. Or doesn't, as you alluded to at the start of this show. So tell well, us. Well, it kind of doesn't. Us- Tell us how you, as our resident subject matter expert when it comes to Impact Wrestling and the politics surrounding it and the doofuses that run it. Um, Scott the yeah, what's, Right, what's, so. What's going on? <laughs> so basically, um, this is meant to be a one-time deal. Kenny Omega's only going to Impact for one episode. Well, that's fucking stupid then. So that would then obviously put eyes onto Impact, boost the ratings off that because Kenny Omega's going to be there with an AEW Championship and then they get to watch the show. But it doesn't mean people are going to carry on watching it. No, so the only people already bidding out of this is Impact. AEW aren't actually really getting anything apart from the Good Brothers. The Good Brothers are meant to be going to AEW for one match. Okay. So it's kind of like, we'll get Kenny, you get the Good Brothers. Which works for them because obviously they were part of the Bullet Club. Okay. Um, and where, where's your source for this? Where have you heard this? Uh, the source for this was on Wrestling Inc, I believe. Okay, okay. So that's so that's a rumor coming out of Wrestling Inc that this is going to be a what? I would be. I would feel that they had 
I mean, I get it because obviously there's corporate interests at play here, um, and you know, you know for well the book doesn't stop when it comes to creative. Simply with um, you know Don Callis and um, and Khan, there's also going to be network. Um, yeah, network, so that's, that's network boxes ticked, as it were. What's what's going out at the moment? Obviously, they could do more stuff. Don Callis is meant to be coming back as Kenny's full-time manager as well. Okay, so there is always going to be there is going to remain that connection. That's yeah. a good thing. Um, I mean, see, I'm wondering if even that is a slight bit of dirt sheet misinformation. Because hear me out. I mean, it could be. Well, I mean, there have been talks for a while that. Um, there have been talks for a while of unionisation. Um, what if, ultimately, the goal was to recreate, um, effectively, an independent um, NWA, as it were, um, or an approximation of that, a territory-based um, wrestling behemoth? It could very much be a because somebody with. Um, Somebody with Khan's kind of business acumen will know that an AEW ultimately, with one man bankrolling it, can't go up against a multimedia empire like WWE. But what if it was a case of what? What if you took ROH? What if you took New Japan Pro Wrestling? What if you took AEW and you took Impact and slowly but surely told this story of a group of companies? coming together through invasion storylines and through interchanging and the NWA of course itself um, what if you'd slowly told this story of these wrestlers slowly starting to mix until eventually this became a multi rostered organisation with the ability to rival WWE's multi-night content multi-brand content um, in such a way that all, because I mean, there's nothing stopping. Ultimately, there being something on Monday nights to rival Raw, something on Tuesday nights to rival whatever's on Tuesday nights with WWE. I don't know, two hundred five. So what you're saying, do exactly what WWE did and just pillage the best wrestlers and put them into one company. Um. Well, what you're. What are you saying? I'm saying amalgamate the f- five companies amalgamate five big re- or five smaller companies and turn them into one company or one group of companies one alliance of companies who compete with the WWE and have that crossover appeal where the title holder for AEW might end up on Tuesday nights on impact or might end up aligned with some people on Friday night ROH or etc etc so then all of a sudden WWE is competing still against five independent organisations but those independent organisations are swapping resources and allowing those names to grow and get the same level of exposure, the same level of cross brand exposure that WWE has managed to use to monopolise and leverage Mm. the independent industry for so long. Yeah, yeah but isn't that exactly what Triple H was trying to do with NXT when he was in NXT UK, NXT NXT Japan, NXT Germany? Isn't well, that looks, kind of the same the same thing? It looks like AEW are doing it better and first, if if my suspicions mm. are correct. <laughs> in which case, sorry, Trips. Um. <laughs> because Don Callis himself is a bridge between Impact, AEW, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. He is. Um, and But you already have... Um, 
you already have this crossover appeal in. Obviously, you've got John Moxley and um, Chris Jericho still technically active roster members um, on, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I believe John Moxley does he still hold a title? Yeah, he's um, the US champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Well, He'll be defending that title at Wrestle Kingdom against Kenta. Still holds so, the US title. Yeah, you've got Kenny Omega, I believe, holding. Um, Holding a triple A title at the moment, as well as, um, as well as the yeah, AEW the one he won from um, Phoenix. Yeah, so and, and he's he's crossing Triple over into championship. Yeah. He's crossing over onto that show as well. Um, you have um, DDT um, had a title change backstage at an AEW event um, when Dean Malenko became the. Um, became the full metal jacket champion um over there which is their equivalent of the hardcore <laughs> title um and <laughs> so you are you are i know i know it is it is like um it is like the wrestling equivalent of a fart joke if we hadn't already managed to do that first so <laughs> um yeah it's it's an interesting one i i feel that the, this has legs and given enough time we could see we could see something interesting happen and come of this. Um, I think you're getting all of these different companies feeling each other out at the moment and starting to work out, work, do these little transactions to work out their operating model and then eventually start to maybe transact a bit more. Um, I mean, if you could end up with a yearly draft between some of these companies, I mean, obviously it would be a lot more political and there'd be a lot more argument, but maybe something similar to a draft system um, eventually five years down the line you can't tell me that you wouldn't you wouldn't switch off Smackdown's stupid WWE draft in order to watch watch those five companies draft their oh, yeah. talent you know oh, yeah, you would and um, then you've also but got then it'd the be like you're still in a contract with those but you go over there for a year yeah, um, I mean that's the problem is that the contracting operating model would effectively require there to be um, an umbrella corporation um, but yeah, and when I say umbrella corporation, that isn't a sly nod to Marty Skrull, um, because the only sly nods in Marty Skrull's lives life is um, when Barman are giving him a sly nod because he said she's definitely over eighteen. Ha 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 ha. Yep. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I I think it has potential. Um. Any other thoughts on this? What else can you say? I mean, we can't really say much without seeing what happens on Tuesday night. I mean, I would love to see an interaction between Carl Anderson and... Before I knew this 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 information that I already knew, it was like the speculation was what matches are we going to see from Kenny Omega versus Impact Talent? And there's a footload that would happen, but it doesn't matter anymore because that's not going to happen at this point. Unless we get Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega because he's Impact Champion on that night. In which case, Kenny Omega's got to win, and why would you have? But then that would that would bury Impact as he is coming to their company. Exactly. And so that's that, the problem. I'm assuming there wouldn't be a match. It's just going to be him explaining why they're working together and this that, and the other, and why he's there. Yeah, I mean the other the other potential is for um, is for this may sound very very strange, but please hear me out. I would be interested to see the Good Brothers put out um, interact with Kenny and let's just say 
put out feelers um, on behalf of G.O.D. Um, and this sounds very strange, but the reason I say that is there was a very good point made um, by Tamatonga on his um, podcast back in August um, where there was a conversation he was having and he made a point, a long 20 minutes to go through every single member of the Bullet Club who had been ousted and every single member of the Bullet Club who hadn't. Um, and he made the following two points. One, that the Good Brothers had never been ousted. It was only ever AJ Styles. So as far as he's concerned, they are still technically Bullet Club roster members. And the moment that it opens up again, they will be coming back to NJPW um, to work. And it is written in their contracts that they are allowed to do that. But the second thing that he mentioned was that Kenny Omega, if he came back into the Bullet Club without the books... And with, because he arrived later into the Bullet Club and he arrived later into Japan, probably would have a more substantial role to be able to play on behalf of the Bullet Club. I would be very interested to see the cleaner get recruited back into the Bullet Club on non-Bullet Club TV by two people who aren't officially part of the Bullet Club and then go back to AEW to raise havoc against the Elite. Now that's just my, this is me fantasy booking it. I love the idea of crossing over. You know what I'm like for my crossovers. But that, for me, that would be fun. That would be fun. That would be fun. Because when you start talking about it, in my head it's like BC reunion. Well, I mean, a multi-corporation BC reunion. And Tamatanga really only hates the elite. He hates the idea of there being a faction within the faction. He feels that it confuses stuff and it's very NWO Wolfpack and all of that. But... Ultimately, his character hates the elite, the concept of the elite um, and what the elite became. He doesn't necessarily hate every member of the elite. I think he probably doesn't. Even Just Cody. Fan of Co- yeah, it's going to be Cody's <laughs> contingent, isn't it? I mean, let's well, be honest. Surprise, really. <laughs> it's, it's not hard to hate Cody. I hate Cody. <laughs> so, your opinion on Cody? What's been going on with that then? <clears throat> because I mean, obviously, you've been a big fan of him at times, and you've been a you've been a big detractor. So I'm just kind of interested. And, and I've enjoyed some of his matches. But I'm not gonna lie, some of his matches haven't quite good. Some of them are fucking terrible. But it's like in the last episode, you've got the TNT champion coming out, having the three, two, three minute entrance, and then you get Cody coming out and doing a big ass entrance every single time, which is just, that takes away from the champion. It takes away from the championship itself. Yeah, but lo and behold, Cody needs to have his TV time. He has to have that glorious entrance. You can't cut that entrance. Has to happen every single time. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, for me, I assumed when we first started with the when we first started with Double or Nothing, then the first episode of Dynamite, that this kind of epic, as they call it, the epic intro, was gonna once they actually managed to time it right, which shouldn't be as hard as they managed to make it for those first couple of months um, once they actually managed to get the two piece of music to line up so that it worked and timed right that that would be it, that would be done and then it would just be back to Kingdom, very much like Kenny Omega I mean even Kenny Omega has been able to see that the that the two and a half minute intro to Best Bout Machine didn't need to be two and a half minutes um, you know and now it is literally just the first kick into the first chorus that that is used 
I I agree with you. And with something like that, it's why not have him come down to Kingdom and then use that when it's special, you know? Yeah, pay per view four times yeah. a year. Four times a year, or break it out like the demon along with a along with a costume. Be a bit triple H yeah. with it, yeah. you know. Yeah. When when you do a tie in with, what would they do a tie in with? It wouldn't be Terminator um, because I couldn't afford it. It seems like Game of Thrones at the moment. Yeah, when they do a tie in with Game of Thrones and he decides to turn up dressed as Arya Stark or something, I don't know. But it's, it's also like he was doing Cena type promos. He was doing an open challenge just like John Cena every single week. But it's it's obvious like, you're not John Cena. He's trying to become John Cena, um, or the John Cena of, of AEW. AEW, but he's that's he's the, not. He's what, not the pinnacle. He's, he's, he's not. He's not the best wrestler in the world. He's, he's got to get out of his head that he's not the biggest thing in wrestling because he's yeah. not. No, I completely agree with you there. I mean, he's he's one of the he's one of the biggest personalities in wrestling. And that's important, and that is a that is a skill, and I'll grant him that skill. But one other I'll, thing, sorry, yeah. one other thing. SCW Championship, Taz wants it acknowledged by the company. Uh, my view is the only time that he's going to be acknowledged as an actual championship for AEW is when Cody takes it off Brian Cage. Yeah, that's fair. I can see that working. I can see that being exactly. Exactly the time where it goes, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I I find Cody quite frustrating. I find well because it has to be Cody because at the end of the day, Cody's Khan's best friend, and Khan's the guy with the money, and Khan's paying all of these people effectively so that he can continue to fanboy over them. I mean, that's what this is. I mean, don't get me wrong; they put out some great shows. They've just put out an absolute banger, but. Yeah, let's not. Can't argue with that. That's their best AEW show, best dynamite today. Yeah, uh, but let's not let's not confuse anything. This is a pet project by a guy who is a multimillionaire, and the amount of money he's spending on it is effectively when you put it to the equivalent of to how much he how much he actually is worth. Um, it's no different than me buying an arcade stick to play Tetris. Um, you know, it's. It's effectively the same thing to him. And all he's doing is hiring a group of people in an industry that he's followed for 30 years and has idolized and has enjoyed. You know, on his 13th birthday, he went to an ECW show, um, you know, and that was the only thing he wanted to do. Got flew over there, private jet, all of those things, saw Chris Jericho wrestle, and then went on Chris Jericho's podcast in order to tell Chris Jericho what moves Chris Jericho did in that match 25 years later because that's how much of a fan he is. And he's hiring his mates. He's he's the Comrade Thompson of the wrestling world. If Comrade Thompson wasn't already in the wrestling world, um, he's just paying a bunch of people to be his mate um, and then do their thing. So, with that, there is the there is the element that's there, you know. Um, the, the, this, the that could also co- be the downfall of this company that could reach great heights. Yeah, it could be. It could be. This could be. Um, and I hate to say this, this could be the pinnacle of AEW. I hope it's not. But this event right here, if AEW has a moment where it is about to decline, this is it. Because you've got Sting, you've got Cody, 
you've got a roster full of some of the most wrestlers. Some of the most meme-worthy independent <clears throat> wrestlers of the last ten years. You know, in fact, all of the most meme-worthy wrestlers of the last ten years. It's literally, if the underground was a bubbling pot, he's literally waited and picked all the foam off the top and become friends with it. That's that's what he, I, I'm in a metaphor mood. Um, <laughs> you know, it's and and I'm worried that. Cody is just a signal of what is going to come, which is technically or, or potentially a vanity project. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. <sighs> it's a shame. Um, and I'm that. hoping it doesn't go that way, but they need to get Cody off telly. Right now. Three, four, five weeks was not enough. You could have Sting Negan him. Just kid his character off. Potentially, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, or, or, you have Sting Dust. Sting Dust. Sting Dust. So he comes back all crowy, and then all of a sudden paints his face gold. Yeah, so it's, it's the crow, but it's with gold, and then he's sting dust, and everyone kind of remembers that effectively, it's it's just Cody Rhodes, guys. It's just Cody Rhodes. He had he had two years where he was booked by two very talented bookers, where he wasn't in control of everything that happened, and put on some absolute bangers. But now he's running the show, and he's immediately become the quick save version of Triple H. Quick save. <laughs> a company doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, the same thing will happen to AEW if it carries on um, with Cody on this path. But overall, one of the best shows they've put out. Well, the best show that they've probably put out. Um, and it's, yeah. <clears throat> we could have sit here and get behind the hype, but there's so much, there's so much shit going on behind that. Yeah, um, I mean, let's be realistic. There are other other elements that I did want to touch on um, when we did return to um, when we did return to doing podcasts. Just want to say that we are now back in podcasting mode, aren't we, Jay? We're going to be podcasting forever, um, forever, maybe. Um, we're we're going to at least <laughs> give it a good shot. Um, but we want to just thank everybody who's who's kind of continued to get in contact with us, um, or or not get in contact with us, but at least listen to the show. Um, we know that there's um, a, a core contingent of people who do listen to this show every week, and I just want to say we fucking appreciate it. Um, yeah, we do. And it really, 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 really does. Do. Yeah, um, it really does make us excited to do this. Even it doesn't matter how many people are listening, just as long as someone is and, and enjoying our presence. Um, of course, you can always let your friends know about us. Um, we're at anchor.fm forward slash jfabe, as you already know if you're listening to this, um, or wherever you find good podcasts. Don't forget to check out our Twitter. That is um, at I am not a robot, I believe you are, but the O's are zeros. Um, that is correct. Course, I am at richjf. Um, well, it's capital I A M, capital N O N T, capital A R zero B zero T. Is it is it case sensitive on Twitter? I've done it anyway. 
And of course, our old friend at Time Duke Taz. Um, at Time Duke Taz. Unfortunately, um, he told me that he could not be here um, today as he has been called away by a mysterious and important message. Um, which. Who knows? Yeah, I know. I know. It's such a shame. But. Um, well, I did receive that that thing in the post that I was told to play. Um, Jay, do you reckon it's time for a break, and then um, we'll come back with a full kind of look at NXT and AEW as a whole? Maybe touch on some wider wrestling news, um, and we'll of course be playing that when we return. How's that sound? That sounds like a fantastic idea. Perfect. All right, guys, um, we will be back momentarily here on JFape. A lot of people talk to me and think there is nothing remarkable about me, but they are wrong. I can think of at least three things that are remarkable about me. Hi, my name's Court Bauer, and I am the guy who runs MLW, the most successful wrestling podcast and the 76th most successful wrestling TV show in the world today. And we've partnered with JFabe to bring you our famous brand of hard-hitting journalism. We are pleased to broadcast this preview of our new show, Courting Stupidity, with Court Bauer and Conrad Thompson. Now, so hit me up here. You fired Terry Hart. Oh, oh, so good. Blue Apron, so amazing. Oh, tell me, how did that come about? Well, I'm really glad that you asked me that, Conrad. It turns out that Teddy Hart may have had one or two problems. JFabe. No politics, no bullshit. Find us on anchor.fm forward slash JFabe. Welcome back to JFabe. Um hope you enjoyed that quick break. That was the um that was the that was the advert that I found the other week um that I'd recorded like a year ago. Um Court Bowers caught in stupidity. Um what did you think of that? <laughs> it was uh, yeah, it was it, I got the guy I got them together to record that um when we were um doing um when we were talking about Teddy Hart a lot because obviously he was having his insanity moment so anyone who's been listening to the show today um, will already be aware I received some lovely mince pies in the post um, it was it was in a big old envelope um, with um, 37 stamps on it um, some of them in languages that I didn't quite understand apparently it's come from very far away in the universe um, and I understand there is also a Burberry CD that came with it which I've been asked to play on the show, I haven't listened to this yet. Um, Jay hasn't heard it yet, um, so I'm sure he's very excited. We'll get some I very am. big reactions, I am sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, let's just see what goes on. We'll be back after we after we listen to this and see see what's happening. Ah, Taz, glad you could join us. Uh, MJF, Cody. Hi, Taz. Kenny. Hey, buddy. How you doing? So, I wanted to invite you because word on the street is that you're looking for one Corey Graves. You know where Corey Graves is? Um, I may know. 
In fact, I do know. But. But. Other words on the street are Christmas and special. <laughs> oh, Cody's crying. Did Cody <laughs> tell you about the Christmas special? It doesn't matter who told me. What I know is that we have two members of the AEW roster signed up, definitely, in Kenny and Cody. But I'm not invited. Yeah, well, it's really not my department, you know. Um, when it comes to Christmas specials, like, anonymous letters get sent. Um, I think it's probably a future version of myself or Jesse Ventura or who knows. But I don't have any control over that. All I know is the contract gets sent in the mail and people who need it are curled up. See, I think that you're not aware of what a showman I am, Taz. Wait a minute. The coordinates you've given me. Why are you in a recording studio? If you just saw how dazzling I can be, then maybe you would reconsider and sign me up to the JFABE Christmas Special 2020. Coming soon to anchor.fm forward slash JFABE. You know we're not going to pay you for that plug, right? I know. I know. That one's for free. Anyway, listen, there's some really <laughs> crazy shit going on with Curry Graves that could destroy the universe, so um, unless there's anything else to say, um, I'd just like to know where he is. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Cody, you do it, or Brandy doesn't get her other this, leg back. This isn't fair. This isn't fair. I can't <laughs> believe you're doing this to us. I'm not doing anything to you, Kenny Omega, but it would be a shame... If the love of your life, Kota Ibushi, couldn't find his way out of that oil painting I trapped him in. Wait, you're not doing what? What is this? I would like four oh, minutes of your time. And then, I'll tell you where Corey Graves is. Oh, fuck, is this an audition? Thank you very much. You've all been oh, a wonderful God. audience. This one goes out to my good friend, Taz. Don't think I'm ready for the big time? Don't you start singing? <laughs> Maxwell started out in San Francisco, tooting on his trumpet loud and mean. Suddenly a voice said, Go forth, Maxwell, spread the picture to a wider scene. And the voice said, Maxwell, there's a million pigeons waiting to be hooked on them new religions. Hit the road, Maxwell, leave your common law wife. Spread the religion of the rhythm of life. And the rhythm of life is a powerful beat. Puts a tingle in your fingers and a tingle in your feet. Rhythm in the bedroom, rhythm in the street. Yes, the rhythm of life is a powerful beat. And the rhythm to of feel life the is a rhythm of life. To feel the powerful beat. To feel the tingle in your fingers. To feel the tingle in your To feel the rhythm of life. To feel the powerful beat. To feel the tingle in your fingers. To feel the everybody. Maxwell spread the gospel. In Milwaukee, took his walkie-talkie to Rocky Ridge. Blew his way to Canton, then to Scranton, till he landed under the Manhattan Bridge. 
Maxwell was a new sensation Got himself a congregation Built a quite an operation Down below With the pie I pipe blowing All the basket towels flowing All the cats were going Going down below Maxwell was a new sensation Got himself a congregation Built a quite an operation Down below With the pie I pipe blowing All the basket towels flowing All the cats were going Down below Maxwell was a new sensation Got himself a congregation Built a quite an operation with the pie I tried to slow it down Flip your wings and fly to Maxwell Flip your wings and fly to Maxwell Flip your wings and fly to Maxwell Fly, fly, fly to Maxwell Take a dive and swim to Maxwell Take a dive and swim to Maxwell Take a dive and swim to Maxwell Swim, swim, swim to Maxwell Skip it a bit, bam. Split it, split it, split it. Sick of it, in it. Honestly, I would sooner have Velveteen Dream be a high school gym coach than hire you to be part of our Christmas special. Weren't you supposed to be in our prison base? Y- no. <laughs> God damn it, I hate MGF. Welcome back to JFabe. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was that was something. MGF channeled is in a system of a down with a jazz feel to it. Yeah, yeah, a um, bit of a Sammy Davis Jr. feel going off there. Oh, so system are we gonna let him be Davis? Are we gonna let him be on the Christmas special? Um, no. <laughs> yeah, I feel that he'd really, really steal the show with that. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, He's already got the New York seller's best. 
2020 performance? Is it your New York Times best performance for 2020 with Jericho? I mean, you can't have another the one. The one with Jericho? For fuck's sake, do they not listen to J-Fake? I mean, that was, to be fair... You didn't, you didn't get that on AEW, did you? You got New a load York of bum Times. notes. Have a chat with New York Times, Rich. Have a chat with New York Times. Send one of those emails complaining I've, that they should... Yeah, I mean... His, his performance on our show was better than his performance on Cody's show. That's, That's right. Saying. Yeah. Um, this, this is the only place where you can hear the full talent of MJF along with... Don't be allowed what, to. What, yeah. <laughs> what appears... I mean... It's all right on this show. I mean, this is the B show. This isn't the Christmas special. That's definitely not happening around about Christmas time. Maybe at Christmas. Maybe at Christmas. Yeah, maybe. Just keep an eye on JFabe. Anchor.fm forward slash JFabe. If you like what you hear there, please feel free to send fan mail via Taz to MJF. He will enjoy us for that. He's available on Twitter at Tanjuke Chaz. Taz. So yeah, that was. Chaz, time to Chaz now. OG we Chaz. <laughs> we haven't got there yet. That's the season five thing. Um, <laughs> Do me. So, talking about all of this then, um, obviously, we've just heard um, what amounts to real wrestling, um, which is, of course, song and dance in wrestling. Um, I think it was a broader spectrum on the whole thing. Best performance. So. I think okay, it's within so. a TV show. So if it's within a TV show, then I think that probably, to be fair, does cover MJF pretty damn well. His character is his character work is stunning. Um, there's so much subtlety there. Um, I mean, there is he. So the Undertaker re- very recently has talked about how he's one of the only people to kind of keep kayfabe alive to that degree, but MJF. Literally, he's running with that. Yeah, lives he, lives and, he lives and breathes it. There is a documentary. There's a series of documentaries that he's appeared. Um, he he was uh, um, in one episode in, um, and everyone else did the standard, you know, MTV crib style. I'm a wrestler. This is where I live. This is my life, etc., etc. Um, this documentary, and I will find the name of it um, before the end of the show. But this documentary, it starts off very much like that, and he comes across as a very nice guy, and I don't want to spoil too much, but about halfway through, the documentary maker realises that the friends and family that he's been posing with are all, in fact, paid actors. Um, And the veneer that he has um, as this nice kind of off-screen guy actually starts slipping and he starts slipping into the MJF character. So he's almost running a reverse kayfabe on this documentary. It's phenomenal. And I will find the name of it. Um, but, I mean, this is a guy who lives and breathes that character. So I do, I, I, he I, does. He does. MJF, I think. On, on Stone Cold's podcast, he kind of slips a little bit. Well, I mean, if you're on Stone Cold's podcast, then you're you know, kind of flirting with WWE anyway, so you know they're going to take an absolute dump on whatever kayfabe you were running anyway, you know. If MJF appeared on WWE TV, he would have, like, a werewolf gimmick or a, or a fucking... <laughs> a gimmick where he's really afraid of rocks. Or just, you know, a security guy. Or, or just a security guy, yeah, who gets pushed by Samoa Joe. To then, to reenact that, that scene when he was... Running, running for AEW Championship. 
he did. He, he did. He reenacted <laughs> that scene um, during that time. I liked that nod, and I thought it was clever. And it's that it's those kind of extra kind of details that um, really does set him apart. To be fair, um, what do you think in regards to this whole inner circle split that seems to be being teased? Um, no, it's not happy. going to happen. It's way too early for MJF to be in the inner circle for that to happen. I mean, he's got a five-year contract, so. I don't mean for MJF to split from the inner circle. I mean um, MJF to perform a hostile takeover. Oh, okay. One over on Chris Jericho, which seems right. to be the yeah. angle that they're taking at the moment. Um, yeah, obviously, that, that was the angle that was going to be in the forefront of that. That's exactly what I thought as soon as I heard he was going into it, that it was going to be a hostile takeover. Uh, mm. Would he would he be able to get Sammy on his on his side to do that, or would he or go with Jericho? Is it a case of is it a case of ousting Sammy um, and keeping Jericho to um, keeping Jericho sweet and then sidelining Chris Jericho over time as he becomes more ingratiated with the inner circle? Um, because I mean, let's be honest with Sammy. Um, Long term, this is a guy you want to be effectively an, an anti-hero babyface, right? Um, you know, he's very popular with women. Um, he's very popular with um, that kind of core demographic for his wrestling ability. Um, but they also know that he can talk. And when you put him in, when you put him in a faction with both Chris Jericho and um, MJF, he, he would kind of disappear. Whereas I think what you're really wanting to do with someone like Sammy is keep them healed for long enough for him to have a lot of adversity, then start overcoming that in such a way that he, he does that organic face turn. And I I think because he seems to be the one who's cutting on to MJF um, early, I think it will be Sammy who eventually comes out as the face initially, um, potentially with Jericho um, or... Um, Hagar following him pretty quickly. But then that would split up. That would be the break of the inner circle if he was to take Santana oh, Ortiz and Jericho was to take Jake no, no, Hagar just, and Sammy Guevara. No, no. Well, you would have Sammy Unless Guevara. And, no, I said Jake Hagar or Jake Hagar or Chris Jericho. You can't take them both. You would need Sammy, and then you would need one other person, and it needs to be a big name, so it needs to either be Hagar or Chris Jericho. But MJF keeps the rest of the inner circle plus Wardlow as the inner circle. That would be how you how you do that. Well, they're, they're already teasing the split between Wardlow and MJF. Or it could be it could be Wardlow and could be Wardlow and Sammy. Uh, that could work as well. Um. I mean, Wardlow, Wardlow's biggest successes outside of AEW have been as a face, um, and apparently face is what he plays best. Um, I mean, obviously they bought him in as a heater, but then that's how you kind of bring someone in who's that size, right? Um, it's, it's Well, the promo video that, that they actually had for Wardlow originally was he was a face, mm. and then they chucked him with MJF and just completely ignored the promo videos that they had before. Uh, I hate it when shows just completely disregard all of their history like that um, and pretend it never happened. AEW do it a lot and it's quite annoying. Yeah, it can be quite frustrating. Um, you know, it's especially early on as I, as a young I, I, company. I, I, as, and WWE yeah. do it all the time. 
and we hate it. We, we hate it, yeah. but everyone seems to forgive AEW for it at the moment. It's just like, well, it's the same thing. You shouldn't be forgiving them for it. They should follow through with the storyline that's created. And logically speaking, I mean, the amount of hype and the amount of time that AEW took to get off the ground, like, I can imagine one or two abortions in regards to... Um, Me some trash all the time. Yeah, um, and, and what we were scared would happen did happen, which was a load of... Badly formed, put together storylines in that first year, that where they really, they just managed to have enough strong points on their show in regards to long-term storytelling or all of those kind of things, um, in order to keep themselves relevant and where they should be, and in order to keep themselves watchable. But it could have gone the other way. Um, and uh, when you look at things like Riho, when you look at things like um, who, I mean, she's not on TV. Who's Riho? Exactly. Um, when you look at all of these other pet projects that have failed, like the Nightmare Collective or whatever it was called, and the prominence of Butcher and Blade before they, um, you know, in regards to being a faction before they just disappeared, some of their on the fly ideas are fine. Eddie Kingston appearing out of nowhere and smashing it has been good overall, um, and putting together really good stories considering that it obviously wasn't planned. Um, because his story was utilizing four talents who already had storylines going into the pandemic that had to be avoid uh, like aborted to some degree. So I, I don't know. It's it's been a mixed bag, but they've just about torn through. Um, but you would expect them to have longer term storytelling going into that first year already mapped out. But they don't, and they switch and change all the time, and they follow through with a lot of things. But a few things they do follow through with tend to work out okay. Um, sometimes they work out stunning and the wrestling is good so there's that and I think that's ultimately you can surround the wrestling by a lot of bells and whistles but and and those with bells and whistles can be absolute garbage but as long as you're but it's like you in AEW it's like they, they let the talent do what they want let's say as many storylines go is there anyone actually writing these things probably not maybe it's just the talent coming together and creating these stories I think it's, I think it's probably you'd you'd have your head booker um, kind of give you a say where the kind of end result is, give production notes, and then kind of hand over the reins. Hand over the reins, and so and then it's just a case of mapping the wins and losses that reflect and and reflect the story around that. Um, I suppose um, because I, I mean the one thing that they have been able to do as a whole, and I think this is what NXT is currently missing. Um, is they are able to structure an entire show and pace it very, very well, um, I feel. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of pacing points which are pretty moot at the moment. Um, The women's match is always second to last and is usually dire. But, you know, start on a tag match. But... That's alright, really. They've got less tag matches now. So I find it funny because NXT just pour tag team matches into it now, copying AEW, and I was like, "Well, we're just going to bring them back and see what you do." Are you just copying us now? Right. What's going on? I um yeah. What what was NXT like this week? Let's let's move on to the yellow brand. Let's move on to NXT. So. December 2nd show Um, this is the go home show before War Games which will be um, 
tomorrow night. That's December the sixth. Um, it's takeover show. Um, Damian Priest, Leon Ruff um, faced Raw Mendoza and Santos Escobar in the opening in the opening match. Oh yeah, that was pretty good. Well, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. But I only think Leo Ruff is champion because they see him as an AEW internet kind of like independent wrestler, and that's how they see AEW, and that's why he has the NXT North American Championship. Mm. Um, I mean, my understanding is that a lot of people have have, have mentioned um, that Johnny Gargano, Johnny Gargano was on commentary during this match, um, and. What more can you say with Johnny Gargano and a mic in his hand at the moment, right? <laughs> you know, that guy, that guy is referencing Ashton Kutcher. One of the most entertaining heels on television, though, I would say, outside of AEW. Is he? Is it really well, a heel persona, is... or is he just playing playing someone who's a cocky arsehole, which is basically a heel? But I wouldn't say he's gone full heel. He doesn't come across as he just. It just comes across as someone who feels like he's owed something. Yeah, he's not irredeemable as a character. You know, this isn't. This isn't you. People will never be champion. Triple H. Um, you know, circa two thousand and five. Um, this isn't that guy, but he's still he's still a pretty good. He's still a pretty good heel. Um, and yeah, he's he's good with my and obviously um, there's Legado de Fantasma. Who my understanding is that they're um, they're working on that cohesion problem that um, people have been people have been commenting on in the background. Um, a team like that, really, with with that type of with that type of presentation, you would expect to be a bit more cohesive than they have been um, necessarily at times, and a bit more a bit more flowy. Um, but apparently that that is slowly being developed. Um, but it one of those things that kind of leads to it still feeling like a developmental brand when you get that situation, like you yeah, said, where they're pouring tag teams. It seems there seems to be building faction for the Kogans anyway, because there seems to be more ghost faces running around. Have uh, you got any idea who they are? I haven't got a clue, because there was one before, but then that was revealed as a woman. I forgot her name. She's like an up and comer who's with Candice Array at the moment. Um, so, but, the, but then there was two behind a... Johnny Gargano when he was on commentary at the end. So then yeah. there's two more people who were the Garganos, which makes five within that faction. If it's going to be a faction, Christ Almighty! Do you reckon this is a fact that they they saw the buzz that was surrounding? They saw the buzz that was surrounding the whole who is that person and then added a bit of retribution in, realised that retribution weren't on that show anymore and then just kind of thought, fuck it, let's just do it twice. Because, I mean, that's effectively what this is as an angle. It's it's retribution light, right? Which is hilarious considering that retribution is retribution light. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, August Grey versus Cameron Grimes followed this. Um, who the fuck's August Grey? Uh, August Grey, you know the guy that's in the crowd that does the air drumming all the time. Oh yeah, him. Oh, okay. And he's just coming off the back of um, having a thing with uh, Timothy Thatcher. Thank you. 
and being a part of. I watched The Crown this week. Oh, know, well, it's, it's um, like a real character now. I'm sure that Barnstormer will have. Um, Cameron sure Grimes took out the referee, and that was it. That was the end. No oh. contest. Beautiful. An indecisive finish. Well, it's going to be in a strap match know, with Dexter Loomis. So, got to do something to compete with the debut of Sting, right? Dexter Loomis. Why does my information say Dexter Loomis? What are your thoughts on Cameron Grimes? Cameron Grimes, I've, I've really enjoyed his work since um, TNA Impact, forward slash Impact. Yeah, I mean, my only frustration with him is that I feel he's being underutilized. Ultimately, I think that's the problem. You got a guy who's who's famed for on the independent circuits putting on you know seventy two minute matches and being an absolute workhorse. And yeah. I feel he's being used. He's being used a lot, but I don't feel that they're necessarily making the most of his unique talents. I'm wondering whether it's going to be a case of very much like Kenny Omega's early early portion of his AEW career, where it's you know keep the Keep bury the lead, as it were, so that you can break that out later, like with a um, like with an Orange Cassidy or something similar like that. The thing is, he, he doesn't have the talent to be a top wrestler, but WWE and WWE don't let many smaller guys reach that kind of level. And as Trevor Lee in, in Impact or TNA Four slash Impact, he was making waves. Um, his, his matches were the matches that I most look forward to seeing. Like mm. every single week, but he's a great wrestler. But he could get lost in the shuffle because of politics. Yeah. I think what you get is, and this happens time and time again. I think you got it with Alistair Black to some degree, who, as you know, is very easy to forget. I'm still here, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Has so he not left your house since the last podcast? I don't know. Is he under the floorboards again? No, he's 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 in the room, but when I turn around and look at him, he's 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 there. And then, who are we talking about? Oh yeah, so I was talking about Alistair Black's career. So um, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean he's a good example. All jokes aside, um, he deserves way more. You take somebody, you take WWE, take someone like that or Cameron Grimes, and says they can do this, this, and this. Um, and like in your like in your Alistair Black T-shirt. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. On, he's taken it. He's shown it to me on cam, but um, I'm sure if the podcast audience could hear that, then uh, could see that, then they would also congratulate you on your on your T-shirt. I'm currently wearing a plain black heavyweight Fruit of the Loom one. I mean, was it going to be any size other than heavyweight? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have a wrestling podcast. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have a heavyweight T-shirt. So Jay's the skinny guy on our podcast. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, you have this Alistair Black guy, um, for instance, and Cameron Grimes and Ricochet. You had it as well, where it was this case of, well, we want to bury the lead a bit so that when you do break out all of this stuff, it looks like there's a little bit of character development. And then they believe their own bullshit, and then all of a sudden it's Cameron Grimes can only do this, Alistair Black can only sit in the dark room, you know. And so they they set up they set up kind of a, a they cover it in soil and use that to kind of bury what this person can do, um, and then 
the plan is long term to break that stuff out over time and expose it to the audience piece by piece so that they get continuously more and more behind this. That's the traditional way of doing it. WWE do the bury it underneath something kind of thing and then just completely forgotten that they could ever do anything other than the shtick that they've asked them to do. And that is what I can see happening with Cameron Grimes. I can't see him going onto the main roster and be putting on anything like what he's putting on. It's like AJ Styles. All of the stuff that AJ Styles can do in the ring, and yet WWE were very much hold it back, hold it back, hold it back, and then the next thing you know, all he does is a fucking forearm every week, weekend, week out. You know what I mean? AJ Styles that change change up his his wrestling style, which is done quite well. Actually, when you yeah, if you yeah, watch the Intercontinental Championship tournament, he was doing a more ground-based game with more submissions and looked like a veteran. Yeah, I've always said he's an all-rounder, and now he's just proven it. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, but you get you get my point, and I could see that happening with Cameron Grimes, um, Jake Atlas, Tony Nice. No one cares. Cool. Um, Jake Atlas won. Tony Nice is a nobody again. He's better as a heel. Well, actually, is he? Is he better uh, as a face? Is he? D- is he? Is he actually a personality? As... Does he have the personality to be a wrestler? That's I, the question. That's the problem, isn't it? I don't think he's better on television. I think he's worse on television. That's that's ultimately it. Like he doesn't need to be on my TV. Oh no, he's um, better as a I heel. Mean, face, no, no. There's an Definitely there's not. an audible groan at any kind of wrestling party or any kind of time when I've been watching wrestling with people. There is usually an audible groan when a Tony Nese match comes on because nobody's a great wrestler. Just, that's the thing. He is a good wrestler. He can work for it. I well. know, but I mean, but when he was champion, he was cruiserweight champion, two hundred five live champion, and whenever he got a promo, it was like I'm just going to forward this now because it's a pile of dog shit. Well, when you're that good, and you are right, he is a great wrestler. When you are that talented, and yet manage to make it look that boring, <laughs> the best your career is ever going to get is a third-rate Dolph Ziggler. Maybe fifth. <laughs> Grizzled Young Veterans um, have been making their return recently, along with Imperium. Um, obviously, um, taking so talent out of NXT UK, bringing it over to the US version, more exposure for that team. Which, which um, is called back to what you was on about about ROH AEW, and I said Triple H was trying to do that with the talent within within NXT and how he wanted to create more NXTs around the world. Yeah, and swap um, over I mean, talent. So yeah, this is pretty much what's happening. Yeah, and it's a shame. Um, but also, I'm glad that they are getting more exposure. I, I really respect and enjoy the product that NXT UK have been putting on, bar Jordan Devlin. Um, overall, there's now two l- cruiserweight champions. Well. Yeah, this seems to have been the year of the two belt <coughs> of the two belt run, doesn't it? I mean, we had that WrestleMania where they where they did several angles that were about people stealing belts, um, and yeah, they seem to have been doing multiple belt angles quite a bit this year. It's it's Vince McMahon's new best of three falls, um, and it seems to have carried over into NXT UK for some reason. Um, but yeah, I I really like the UK. I really like the UK. NXT product 
overall um, and what it is at the moment. I could do without so many loudmouth, um, loudmouth Scouse women on it, if I'm utterly honest. Like Scouse women. Is it Scouse? Or is you going about Kaylee Ray? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, the, she's the Scottish. Oh, the one who says that she's some kind of mysterious witch, but actually sounds like she's in um, she's in like the cheapest, lowest rate brothel in the middle of Glasgow. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know about destroy- the white witch? Her name. She was, That's she was it. against yeah, she yeah. was against Ginny on, on, the, on the last one I watched. Yeah, I'm not up to date with the I NXT mean, UK. With with the with the NXT UK stuff, um, their women's division's great, but. If there was one woman's division in the whole of wrestling that I say don't give a mic to, it's that lot because they don't have the charisma, a lot of them, to actually do mic time. They sound really underwhelming to me, um, a lot of them. Um, I. I know that's very general, and this is kind of the problem that I have with a lot of the WW, um, WWE NXT UK roster. But the mic skills on the WW, on the UK scene have never been that great for a long time. I guess that's fair. I guess that, I mean, guess that's fair. So what you need is you just need Jim Smallman to speak for them all. But it's like you've got Jim Smallman and you've got Pete Dunne in production for NXT UK now. Mm. And maybe I, I, feel, I mean I, I like the NXT UK product though uh, overall I've been loving it since it moved to the BT studio no yeah no that's working really well for them mm. um, I mean the product looks fresh it looks unique um, and it looks special and they had and that, uh, a new track put on the um, theme at the start as well yeah they've gone from a um, they've gone from a kind of old world kind of old film kind of look um, with their branding into this kind of um, into this kind of red smoke and mirrors kind of kind of presentation we're talking about the Grizzled Young Veterans versus Imperium anyway um, how are you felt in regards to this whole influx I've, if you've listened to the podcast before then you know how I feel about Zach Gibson guy's a fucking legend <laughs> that guy is <laughs> Absolutely, he is so good. <laughs> um, he is really, really good. I like Zach Gibson. Um, I love, I love all of the wrestlers in the ring um, throughout this. Um, yeah, I think maybe, maybe you could do a little bit in regards to. Um, oh, is it Joseph Connor? Is it Fabian? Ar- um, yeah, Joseph Connor, James Drake, whatever his name is. Him who's the other one, James the one Drake. who's not Zach Gibson. James, James Drake. Drake, there we go. Yeah, so, yeah, so James, James Drake. Drake. Not Jake, honestly. You could do a bit more. Of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do like mixing the two up because they're pretty much the same guy um, or just as noteworthy. It, it's all about Zach Gibson is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> Jay's shaking his head at me. Um, yeah, I, they're, they're, they're completely different wrestlers. I mean, Jake Connors is, is far, far better in the ring than, than James Drake. It's far better psychology as well. Yeah. It's, that's, why it's, that's why it's so easy to forget about James Drake. Exactly. 
Um, Marcel Bartel and what's his face? Um, whoever the other one is. Um, both of them really good. Enjoy them. I believe Pat McAfee came out towards the end of this match. There was a lot of Pat McAfeeing. For those of you not aware, Pat McAfee is an ex-footballer in America who um, sounds a bit like Badger off Breaking Bad. Um, and he's really good on the mic and he's got a bit of a super heel, a super heel faction going off at the moment. Um, so, yeah, could be the next Undisputed Era, those guys. Uh, maybe not, but they could be pretty big. So, Shitsy Blackheart versus Raquel Gonzalez finished off the show, I believe. They did to set up the team for Warzone. Warzone? War games. War games. <laughs> War yes. games. Yes, indeed. War games. War games, the forthcoming NXT pay per view. Um, yeah, they're all right. Overall, any thoughts on this match? Any notes? He's shaking his head. Ladies and gentlemen, he's shaking his head. I'm going to make him switch his camera off in the future because the amount of non-verbal indications <laughs> he gives me no, on I, this call... I, I, make a, I just do stuff without knowing I'm doing it sometimes. So if I'm holding my face, then I'm just doing it because I'm holding my face. I'm not trying to... You, you, work, you, work, on, you work on the phone's day to day. <laughs> I'm sure you, surely you know what a verbal nod is. <laughs> I don't work on phones. Uh, you know, I type things all the time. And that was NXT. <laughs> um, other big news coming. <laughs> other big news coming from wrestling. Anything else or interesting we wish to talk not, about before we kind of? Not really much big news. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we've covered it. I think we've uh, smashed it out the park, mate. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we've we've done quite well there. Um, let's see if I can get us some music. Um, uh, where's my music assets? Um, let's let's go a bit old school with this and throw on this. Uh, there we go. Um, perfect. There we go. So <laughs> it's showing light, everybody. Showing light. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's. We'll be back um, probably next week at some point. Do our little thing. Um, we love a bit of a little bit of fun. Um, Jay, anything you want to say to the lovely, lovely boys and girls? Um, thanks for listening. Uh, Jay's, Jay's <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening the to music. Us. Yeah, indeed. Um, I mean, you can get hold of us anywhere. Um, you can get hold of us on. Um, anchor.fm forward slash jfabe you can get hold of us at Spotify you can get hold of us um, iTunes don't forget to subscribe on iTunes it really does help a lot when you do that um, yeah all in all just pretty much keep on going shout out to Mitch Mitch how you doing Mitchy Mitch Mitchy Mitch Mitchy just remember wherever you go there you are guys there you are and um, yeah, we'll be, we'll be back next week at some point. Just just keep an eye eye on the prize, eye on the prize, eye on the prize. Fading it's the out. prize Fading pie. Out. No one knows. Triple H, you've got some explaining to do. Why is there a glove of Russo here? Okay, Nigel, take a seat. Have you not realised there is something wrong with this universe? What do you mean? This universe is fine. Really. Uh, we are set 
in the ruins of Florida. 300 years after the first Wrestlemania. And you're here. I'm a time duke. We rejuvenate and tar- travel through time. It's fine. Then how do you explain me? I... I can't. This universe has more problems than you think. I'm beginning to see it now. How can a load of 21st century wrestlers still be alive and active and running around in the 22nd century? Same characters over and over and over again. The same storylines playing out in different ways. The WWE Universe, this universe, is stuck. And I'm the only one trying to save it. How could I be so blind? You're right. Corey Graves was never a Viking in the 23rd century. Or a bus driver in the 22nd. How long has this been going on? Since the mid-80s. The same thing happening over and over again. Wrestlers are born, they die, and then are born again, over and over and over again. It's a cycle we can't escape, and it goes on until the end of the time, for all of us, except you. Ah, I think I'm having a flashback. Welcome to the Retardish, Jesse. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, I do think I like that name, I think I'm going to keep it. One thing you must always know. Never touch that button. What button's that? What does it do? Procol 316. It locks off the universe and creates a new one from the memories of the person who presses it. The only people who can press it are the people who have looked into the time vortex. The time duke rite of passage back on our home planet of Gollifrey. Why? Well, mostly because the retardist extracts everything it needs to know about the universe it's going to create by scanning the brain of the person who pressed it to find that moment. If it doesn't find that moment, the picture's incomplete. So if the picture's incomplete, they're used to the same thing happening over and over again because it just copies and pastes. Love it when a plan comes together. Oh, like a plan from like a year ago that I just dug out. <laughs> so we're coming full circle, Rich. <laughs>